welcome to Bear Not Broken. I'm so thankful that you've joined us today. I'm excited about our conversation. I have my friend Sharice here, and we are going to chat about being a woman who has ambition and goals and who has chosen to step out and fulfill those regardless of being a mom or not being a mom. And so I'm really thankful that you're here, Sharice. It's going to be a fun combo. We met through a mutual friend, um, my best friend Lauren, and Sharice is a photographer, which she'll tell you about, and she did our photos for Bare and Not Broken, which was amazing, and I'm so thankful for that moment. It was a really, really powerful, pivotal time, um, and you were just amazing at that. So Thank you. I'm excited that I've had the honor to have you in my world and to experience watching how you live your life, even if it's from a distance and social media and all those things because um, pandemic, right? <laughs> right? Um, But I just, I'm honored to have you here because I feel like you have something to share and the listeners are going to love it. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate yeah. that more than you know. <laughs> um, so tell us about yourself, girl. I, I'm Sharice and I live in Weatherford, Texas, which is just west of Fort Worth. And uh, I'm a photographer. I spent most of my career actually designing clothes. Wow. Um, Photography has always been my passion, though, since I was a little kid. Um, and about three years ago, three and a half years ago, I left the corporate world mm. and the toxic environment that yeah. that sometimes um, is, yeah. and decided to do photography full time. And I haven't looked back, and it's the best thing that I have ever done. Okay, and also FYI, y'all, she is like literally the best. The best. <laughs> the best I've ever seen and experienced. Oh, so. thank you. Yeah. Um, I am married. We've been married for a little... Last April was three years. Wow. Um, second marriage for both of us. Okay. But yeah. um, I think we both have found our the love of our lives late in life, which yeah. is awesome. Um, and I, you know, I'm mostly a Texas girl, but I've kind of lived in a lot of places. Okay. And I just... I'm super happy to be here. I'm excited to talk to you and your listeners. It's going to be awesome. So we communicated via email when we were scheduling, right, our our session with you. And what drew me to you, first of all, your website. Like, go to our website. Tell them what your website is. Uh, ShariceCasal.com. Awesome. And I just was like oh my gosh, I have to work with this woman. Like, she's incredible. And the way that you approach people um, is just so beautiful. And so when you came that day to take mine and Jason's photos, I I thought I was, like, um, an emotionally aware person, and I thought I was ready for it. <laughs> but you just have a way of tapping into places that people didn't know they needed to tap into. So how you gained that coming out of the corporate world that you're describing, I'm not really sure. Um, but the gift that you have is amazing. Um, but even more than that, you as a person, um, I just really admire how you can sit with someone and find out who they are. And so I'm excited to find out who you are because I, we were talking about this a few minutes ago. I don't even know like a huge chunk of your story. And But what drew us originally was that we are both women who do not have children. Mm-hmm. And we're married to the loves of our lives, and we're happy, and just connected on that point. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like, I mean, I'm 
been married for 20 years. So I've actually been childless for 20 years. Mm -hmm. But it's just in the last year that I stepped into like that reality versus trying to change it. And so there was just a beauty about how you shared that with me. And there was maybe some sadness I heard in there. Maybe some, like I could tell Mm -hmm. there's a story behind it, which we're going to get to. But there was also such a beauty in how you live your life in that in that quote status or that you know reality and I'm excited so I want to hear a little bit about um kind of just give me a little timeline like whatever you want to share in the timeline of your story that's brought you to where you are today sure and you just take it away I might interrupt you though with some questions (laughs) so like I said um this is my second marriage yeah so I um I was, when I graduated from college, I moved to Wisconsin with my, um, well now, future ex-husband. But, yeah. um, so we, we moved. And I think at that time in my life, I didn't really think that I ever wanted to have kids. Yeah. I mean, I felt like, you know, I just wanted to do my thing and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I, and my husband didn't want them at all. So I yeah. think that that was part of what kind yeah. of steered put, your, yes, yeah. for sure. And, um, so we were we were together for eleven years, but we wow. were we were married only for for five. Okay. And when we divorced, I I moved back home to Texas and Texas I, forever, baby. Yes. And I kind of um, at that point, I kind of was just reevaluating life mm, and and yeah. what I really wanted and yeah. and that kind of thing. And I felt like you know what I feel like I will be a really great mom, mm-hmm. and I I think that that's what I would really love to do and, and find someone and, and have that. And, um, I started dating a little bit, did some online dating things. And I, I met a man and and we dated for about four years and I thought we were going to be together forever. And we talked about kids and stuff and we sort of, he was always kind of wishy-washy about it. It was, Mm -hmm. it was kind of a non-committal yes about it. Yeah. And we ended up breaking up and not, for any reasons about marriage or babies, but, um, and then at that point I was just about to turn 40 and I was really starting to look at my life and say, okay, this is not what I thought my life would be at 40 years old. 40 will do that too. (laughs) Like for real. (laughs) And I just, and I, I kind of freaked out a little bit in terms of, okay, I'm supposed to be married. I'm supposed to have kids. I'm supposed to be doing all these things. And, um, it kind of gave me this white knuckle grip on my Mm. life in terms of, okay, I need to meet someone. I need to fall in love. I need Mm. to get married and so that I can have kids because I'm about to be 40 and my clock is ticking and my time is running out. And so that pressure puts a very weird and strange pressure on dating. Yeah, it does. And you just feel like, Mm. okay, everyone you meet, you're like, oh my gosh, is this the one? Is this the one? And you... And that's you can't just enjoy it. Exactly. Like there's so much layers behind it. Exactly. That and then do you actually find what you want? Mm -hmm. Because you're so desperate what you're looking at. Yeah. Yes. That's that's hard. So I dated for four or five years, you know, on it wasn't there was never anybody super serious, but I I dated and had fun and but I always knew that I I wanted like I want to get married and have a kid. And I I mean I even toyed around with you know, finding somebody to be my baby daddy that I wasn't in a relationship with or anything like that. Um, 
And it just, it, it never really happened. And I, I was getting frustrated and mm-hmm. kind of down about the whole process. And yeah. a friend of mine, it was a guy that said, well, Sharice, what if you don't? meet anyone what if you don't have a baby what are what how are you gonna feel yeah and it was kind of it was kind of like this aha moment for me to Mm -hmm. really really do some self introspection and just kind of figure out okay Sharice this is your this is your life yeah live it how you want and and what do you want yeah I think we're so programmed in life about what things should look like. That's right. And I think that's our biggest hang up in yeah. life is, oh, I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. When rather than trying to steer it, yeah. just lean in to whatever it is that yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. So I kind of... That's good. I'm going to stop you there for okay. just a sec. Okay. I think what's so incredible about what you said is it's something so ingrained in our culture that we don't even realize that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And we're doing it to ourselves, but also culture is demanding something saying, you know, you've got to get married, you got to have kids, you got to have the white picket fence, you got to yes. have the house, you got to, you know, have the nine to five job, whatever it might be. And I just think that what is sad about that is that it puts us in a box in which we don't know how to get out of mm-hmm. because often we don't even know how we got in it. Absolutely. And that's what I'm hearing is like, mm-hmm. there's that frustration and that tug of war inside of you of like, what you might really want and then also what is happening in life to you in that season and then also projected on you um, or around you and so I just I think that's more common than we could ever imagine Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of times why sometimes we even pursue things that we we get there and we're like oh my gosh you know and dare us say that some people feel like they have to pursue the kids, the house, the husband, the, and they get to it and then it crumbles because they don't know how to steward it because it wasn't in their heart in the first place. Right. And so my heart today is that we can navigate some things where people can understand like if you'll step back before you just start going after the thing, whatever that is, and you know, primarily we're talking about going after having kids. And locking yourself into just that thing and how it will affect your life. So your friend asking that question is really amazing because it's honestly something that I I asked myself and Jason and I asked each other probably five years into our journey. So a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but And sooner than I thought we would ask ourselves that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one reason why even though we kept pursuing something we never lived our lives only around that thing. And I think it's the one thing that I'm super proud of that we've walked out in our 20 years together is five years in asking that. What mm-hmm. if you never have kids? Yep. Or what if you never get married? Yep. Or what if you never have this job? What if you never whatever? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a really good, wise question to ask. Absolutely so, it is. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's hard to hear people when they, like what you're sharing about navigating that box that you felt in. Mm -hmm. So you were going to say like where you went from there. Well, and I mean, to your point, and and that's why I, I got this tattoo that's on my forearm that says, not all those who wander are lost. Mm. I think that we, you know, we are in that, okay, this is what our life should look like. That marriage, white picket fence, 3.5 kids type of thing. Yeah. And just because we don't follow that path 
that doesn't mean that we're lost or that our life yeah. is wrong. It just yeah. means that we are who we are. And yeah. and it's taken me longer than some people to realize that. But I think it all comes to you in the right time. Yeah. It comes when you're ready. It comes, you know, when your heart and your mind are open to yes. what, what it is that you need in your life. But, That's good. But I... Um, so it was right around when I turned 45 and and I this aha moment that I had, I, I wrote down all these things in my life that were giving me anxiety or giving mm. me stress or negative things yeah. that I needed to let go of. And I wrote them all down on individual pieces of paper and I had this burning party and I put mm. all those things in a little bowl and went on my patio and I burned them. And not that it's all going to go away no, when you yeah. light the match, but yeah. it it was this cathartic thing for me to let go of That's all good. that stuff. And then about three months later, I met Steve. Wow. And you made space. Yes. <laughs> you yep. made emotional yes. space, physical space, <laughs> yes. all the space. Yes. When you just, yeah. you know, and I have friends that want so much, guys and guys and girls that so much want to meet somebody and yeah. find love. And I'm like, yeah, if you just let go of that grip that you have on it and, yeah. and le- just lean into your life as it is in, yeah. in your moment, things come to you when you're yeah. ready for it. It's interesting that you bring that up because I literally just met with my counselor yesterday and I had the revelation recently, um, I'm going to give context to it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chat for a minute. Okay. Um, I was going through all the closets to do a garage sale this weekend, and I ran across the two containers that we've had saved um, for when we have a baby. So I literally opened it and just lost my shit. <laughs> like, just fully lost it. Yep. Didn't even point two seconds. Um, and I was actually in this room, and I just sat on this couch and I literally just lost it for a while. Um, but through that, um, and I'm going to share on the podcast, like kind of how I process that, but what it's come out, what's come out of it is I've realized that I've had a lot of years of trauma and grief. And I don't think, I don't think it matters if it's one year or 20 years. Mm -hmm. Trauma is trauma and grief is grief. And what I've realized though is particularly the last four years, it's just kind of all clumped together in one big yucky ball Mm -hmm. and it's just felt like one thing after the other and I kind of hear that in your story like it was like you went from one decision one thing to the next and maybe life crushes in sometimes on us and we don't take enough breath to heal from that one thing before we go to the next thing before we go to the next thing yes and so that's kind of what I realized yesterday and talking to my counselor was like it's all this big ball and it's like, I think, oh, I know that's there and I've cried over it and I've grieved, so I am I should just be able to move on. But I can't. Yeah. And so she actually suggested a very similar thing to what you were talking about of like compartmentalizing and then prioritizing, listing it all out. Like what is all the four years? Because there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And then prioritizing, which this is the part like I've heard, you know, make the list, you know, like let it go. But this prioritizing piece was really cool to me of prioritize like what actually needs to be grieved and processed and let go first. Because it might be like the thing from last week and not the thing from four years ago. And so it's creating that space in our emotional capacity. And what I love about what we're talking about right now is sometimes... We are, in our culture, I think we are so taught to push and drive and survive. 
And what happens is we don't actually stop so that we can thrive. Yes. And what I hear go, you saying go, go. is like, yes, we're go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And I'm the worst at it. Number one, why I'm in counseling. So it's like, but it's so revelatory of how we need to create space in our lives. And when we're so driven to one thing, whether that be getting married like your friends, having kids like we're talking about in our own stories or whatever it might be, man, there's that drive crushes in and boxes us in and doesn't allow space for beautiful things like your Steve. Mm-hmm. He probably won't appreciate me calling him beautiful. But, <laughs> he is beautiful. But yes. tell us all yes. about Steve. Yes. So you made space for Steve. I, and we met and it just, I think from... The minute we started talking and especially the minute that I like actually physically met him because we met online and and we physically had our first date and he just felt like home. Wow. You know, it just, it felt, it's it's different than any type of love that I have, I have had, but I am also have learned in my almost 50 years now of life is that you you accept the love that you think that you deserve. Yeah. So that's a quote that's from a, the Perks of Being a Wallflower that, yes. that I love. And yeah. and I think my whole life has been accepting shitty love because yeah. that's what I thought that I yeah. needed or deserved in my life. And with Steve, it was the first time that I have ever really able to been 100 completely percent myself mm. and just be who I am and yeah. not feel <clears throat> like I had to to be on yeah. or be something just for him. Yeah. So it's, I think both of us, if we had met 10 or 15 years ago, we probably wouldn't be together because yeah. like I said, you, you've you, grown. You, right. Yeah. We've grown and, and you get in your life what you need when you need it. Yeah. And so, you know, we met and neither one of us have kids Yeah. and we both love kids and we yeah. both talked a lot in like, we would love to have kids together. And I know that even at 45, it seems old, but it's doable. No, you know, you can exactly absolutely right. have a kid yeah. at 40, 50, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about it and we thought, okay, we're going to, let's do this. Yeah. And we'd been together for about a year and I went to the doctor. I had been on birth control basically my whole adult okay. life. And I went off and, and my periods were, were really non-existent or like very yeah. strange and so I went to the doctor and um did got everything checked out and she started telling me everything she goes so it looks like you're postmenopausal and I said hmm. excuse me right <laughs> I'm 45 yeah how is that possible how is that possible and not only that I I haven't experienced any menopause yeah, exactly. symptoms or anything like that and she said well you being on birth control mm. has masked all your symptoms wow so that's a huge, uh-huh. that's a lot of info right there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and I, like I am right now, I was kind of left speechless yeah. and not really knowing, okay, wh- what now? Yeah. And we talked through some things and about options and what yeah. we could do. And, you know, I mean, you just, IVF and, and all the things that you do for infertility can be as you know, yeah, super super expensive. Yeah, and at the end of the day, there's no guarantee. Yeah, and especially when you're at 45 yeah. years old and yeah. older, or even younger than 45, but 45 yeah. and older, yeah, your chances of doing anything get really really low. Yeah. I mean, even with, you know, if I had used a donor's eggs yeah. and Steve's sperm right. and, and did that, I, right. it just it was 
the chances were very slim. Yeah. So we talked about adoption. We talked about, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I think through many, many conversations, we just... It takes a lot of them. A lot. A lot of them. A <laughs> very lot of, awkward ones. Yeah. And, you know, we just came to the, to the decision and the realization that, you know, having children might not be in our plan. And, not, and yeah. you know, I think there's a plan for everybody. Yeah. And, and maybe it's just not meant yeah. for us. And for me, I'm a, I like to help people and I like to mm. um, teach people and just influence them and be a good part of, yeah. you know, be a part of their lives. And, and for me, I always thought, okay, being a mom is where I'll do that. Mm. That's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm supposed to be this mother. And I think yeah. through this experience, I have learned where my gifts are. It doesn't have to be for children. Yeah. You know, I, I can affect people's lives that are not my relatives, yeah. that are not my children, and have a really big influence on people, even wow. in a small way. When you talk about me taking pictures of you and yeah. Jace, and, and it, even just that, you know, the couple of hours that we were together, if yeah. it helps you to center you into a certain mm. place that's a gift that I yeah gave to you or yeah you know on on wedding days I've had couples that just talk about my mm. whole process from getting to know them you know up yeah. throughout past their wedding day and what that has done for them I yeah. had one bride tell me that she really felt like from all the things that we'd done and talked about and the questionnaires that I mm-hmm. asked people to fill out and that she felt like she was being more intentional with her marriage. That's and amazing. Things like that. Yeah. Make it make sense to oh, me. Like yeah. that's supposed to be that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, you know, we, we just kinda good. decided that we we didn't want to adopt. We yeah. you know, if we had kids we really wanted kids of our own. Yeah. And I think there's part of me that struggled with you know, maybe I should adopt. Yeah. Am I being selfish because I only yeah. want to have my own children? Yeah. But, um, but, but I, that, I think that's also a societal thing. Yes. <laughs> that yes. tells you like, yes. okay, well, if you can't have your own, then, then you should do this. Yes. And where that's, I get maybe the heart behind that. Um, that's not always a great thing mm-hmm. because if it's not in your heart, it's not going to be yeah. beneficial for you, for the child, for the legacy, for the generation, like it's just going to be a mess. Mm -hmm. And I think people are so, um, I think often, sadly, people in their helpfulness can try to navigate our lives in a way of what they think might be helpful, but that's not going to be helpful for you and Steve. So I love that you guys were willing to be really honest about what was best for you Mm -hmm. if you walk down the path of having children, because it's not just about you. It's actually about the child too. Very much so. And so yes. it's like, come on people. Like yeah. this is not about filling a selfish desire. Yes. It's actually less selfish of me to say no to that. So I, I commend you for that because I also think sometimes going back to what we said earlier, people can get into situations and also to to be honest, like um, some sad situations of not get even getting that. You know, there's people that have walked that adoption path and it's not come out the way they thought. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say don't pursue that, right? I don't ever want to discourage someone with what can be the negative of something. But the reality is it's going to be a hindrance versus something that is 
um, positive, something that is life-giving, something that is, I, I want to say it like this, something that is legacy setting. Mm -hmm. and, and we often try to pursue things that we think are going to be that, but they're actually not that. Mm -hmm. So good for you guys because... That's, that's actually a really big decision too. So you're not only saying, okay, IVF might not be the route for us, but now you've had to also have the conversation, the big one of, are we going to adopt? So that's really big combos to mm -hmm. navigate in mm -hmm. a relationship, you know? So good for you guys. Yeah. And I feel like, again, with the whole plan thing, you know, my, like we were talking about before we started, my 84 year old mother is living with us yeah. now. And I feel, you know, Steve and I have said a couple of times, what if we had a two-year-old yeah. right now and yes. with her and, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason yeah. and, and I'm able to give my mom the love and the care yes. and attention that she really needs. And it's, you know, everything happens like yeah. it's supposed to. I really believe yeah. that. I think it's interesting how, um, you know, a lot of times people can either love this phrase or hate this phrase. And that is that we can have a mother's heart. And not actually have our own children. Without a doubt. And I personally love it. I fall in that category. Mm -hmm. Because I think mothering is actually an intuition versus a title. Mm -hmm. I think mothering is an action. It's a it's a way of life versus a title. Mm -hmm. um, and mothering people is an incredible gift. And I don't think that it has to be... Um, hindered. I don't think it has to be non-existent. I don't think we have to put it aside because we don't have children. Um, because yes, the essence of who you are when you walk into a room and start engaging someone is extremely mothering and it's so tender and loving. And so I love that. I want to talk about that a little bit. Like how have you had to navigate realizing that you still have that like that desire that you had to be that kind of person, you're actually living it. But what was the like journey for you in realizing this is who I am? This mm -hmm. isn't something I'm trying to accomplish. Sure. You know, it's funny because at, through the process of figuring all this out, when right after Steve and I got married and right in, in that time, I was actually with Lauren and we were, I was describing kind of because I had just left the corporate world and I was navigating, you know, owning my own business and yeah. working from home and like, how do I do this? And yeah, I was talking to Lauren about, about Steve and how much he loved the fact that I was at home and able to like yeah. cultivate this life that we have. And yeah. his life just felt so much easier and so much better yeah. Yeah. and just so much more peaceful that I was not driving 75 miles each way yeah. to work and, and dealing with the stressors of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Lauren was just listening to me and she said, Sharice, you're a cultivator of peace. And, and when she said that, it kind of like, good. okay. And that sounds like my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of, I started leaning into that. And, good. and I'm a, I don't know if you're into Enneagram types, but I'm a nine. Okay. And I, that's the peacemaker. Yeah. That's the title that's of us. And, and I have kind of with, especially shooting couples, mm -hmm. it's, I've had this, I get in my head about the fact that I am much older than most people in the industry mm -hmm. that I am. Everybody's young and hip and cool and I've always felt like 
you know, am I not cool enough to be doing oh my this? Gosh, you people, are one of the coolest people, people I've ever met. You people? should see her outfit right now. It's the coolest. Let's just be real. And and so I, you know, I'm in my head about that, but I think that 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 mothering mm. instinct that I yeah. have, I kind of bring it into my couples and yeah, I kind of sure. pour it into them. And I I think that because I have more life experience mm-hmm. than a lot of photographers that are in the wedding industry yeah I kind of can bring that to the table and really help them navigate the journey of of what they're doing and it's it's been um it's incredible it's been a a surprise because I didn't think that this is where I would find my mother my mothering but yeah I feel like I do mother my couples oh my gosh yes I think that's so cool I mean honestly like I've heard a lot of stories and I've had the honor of like having some of those stories on Bare Not Broken and some of them just in my life and my friendships. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I would literally sit here and say, I think that's probably one of the coolest things that has ever been shared with me of how someone's walked out their mothering. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's so true. Like I wish everyone that's listening could work with you and just <laughs> experience it. Because even Jace and I, when you left that day... Uh, and I had told you, I'm not sure how Jace is going to, oh, Jace was like all in it. And I was like all <laughs> stuck in, I was like, oh, we need a redo because Jace just outdid me. <laughs> um, but like we, when you left, Jason's like, I don't really know what word to put on it, but like she just showed up and was able to walk us through a journey taking photos mm-hmm. that was incredibly deep and incredibly sensitive and and healing. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I don't know. It's honestly like you, hearing you say that is just one of the coolest things. And I hope that, and here's why it excites me so much, what you just said, is I hope that listeners will like pull themselves back from their own life for a minute and actually hear what you just said. Because what you said is you have stepped into the desire of your heart. It just looks a thousand percent different than what your journey or culture or your own expectation of yourself said it had to look like. Mm -hmm. And I just freaking love that (laughs) because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of women that are putting so much pressure on themselves, even as moms, women who have had kids, the expectations that they're putting on themselves Mm -hmm. to be that mom. And if we can just pull back a little and like see what does, and I'm going to say it this way, like what does our mothering need to look like in our own story? Mm-hmm. What? Like it's, and so I just, man, I love that so much. And I love that you're really living it. I mean, when you see your photography, it there is something that you can't put a word to it. And now I have a word for it. Like it's really powerful. And it doesn't matter if you're trying to, navigate a couple like me and Jace or a couple who's super like just into it and they're like you don't gotta pull nothing out Mm -hmm. of them um you show up with an essence of who you are Mm -hmm. and so thank you for that like thank you for understanding that about your own self and your own story and I know that wasn't an easy thing to come to it took a while I mean I'm gonna be 50 in December and I feel like I've always said I'm a late bloomer in, in things in my life, you know, and, yeah. and, and 
that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's the, the biggest thing that the message that I give to my friends and, and the people that I know in my life is just lean in to yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And, and I, I think we tend to, to give the Heisman to whatever mm-hmm. it is that is, is causing us anxiety. And when you start to lean into it and really, yeah. um, embrace what's happening, yeah. it, not only are you better for it, you just, it, it's easier to, to start to navigate yeah. what life actually looks like and not yeah. like what you think it should look like. That's good. What do you think's been the biggest struggle in getting there? Like getting to that place right there? Uh, being in my own way. Mm. You know, I, again, it's that, of what you think things are supposed to look like and, mm. and just really listening to your heart yeah. and and being vulnerable mm. with not just with yourself and when i say that it sounds weird to be vulnerable with yourself but i think oh, yeah. people tend to hold on to their feelings and not just let it let yourself feel them yeah um and but being vulnerable with the people close to you is is huge yeah. sometimes just not that you need answers or just talking about stuff yeah. helps. Yeah. It's and don't you think it's um, important that when we are being vulnerable with our family, one thing that I've come to realize, and tell me if this has been the case for you, even with my husband, like, so even with Jason, probably with Steve, like, when I'm being vulnerable, sometimes I have to, at the same time, also educate what I need in that moment. For sure. And I think that when we're walking through things like infertility or, you know, making major life decisions like you've just shared, you and Steve have navigated a lot in your time together. And I think that sometimes we expect the other person to know how to navigate us or we expect the other person to just be okay with it. Or maybe it's we expect that it's not going to cause like any any ruffles or feelings for them like they just need to be okay with it Mm -hmm. and where that's hard is they don't know because first of all they're probably not feeling anything the same or if it's like a mom or a sister or a friend they might not they have no clue what it's like to walk in our shoes most couples are not making the decision do I do IVF do I have it do I adopt a child do I choose to be childless like that's, I mean, granted, it's becoming more popular or not popular. That's not even the right word. Like it's becoming more of a prevalent thing in our society. But what is so interesting is that as you're walking those kinds of decisions, it's not a lot of people you can find that that are similar in those shoes. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to your best friend or you're talking to your mom or you're talking to Steve, like, how have you found that you've had to kind of navigate this conversation? Because I guarantee you've had people ask you how many times in your almost 50 years, when are you having kids? Why don't you have kids? Why don't you want to have kids? Yep. You know, well, if you would just relax or you could just have a kid, don't worry about a man or whatever yes. it might insert yep. the ridiculous phrase that All of the question. above. All of the above. <laughs> yes. um, so how have you navigated that? Because going back to what I was saying is sometimes we have to educate people what we need based on what we're being vulnerable about. Sure. So how have you found, that's kind of two-part, I think, like how have you found to educate people and then also how have you navigated those lovely questions that people give? Well, I think it's taken time to figure out how to navigate that, but I'll, I'll, I'll start with Steve first. And 
you know, I, I hear so many of my friends when they talk about their husbands, mm. or anybody for that matter, I guess. Um, well, he's my husband. He should just know. Yes. He should just know what Isn't I mean. Isn't that the worst thinking? Nobody's a mind reader. Nobody. I don't care if it's about helping with chores yeah. or how you feel, especially yeah. how you feel, but yeah. anything. Yeah. They're not a mind reader. No. And and you can't, and people don't see things with your eyes. People don't see that the floor is dirty. They don't see that, you know, you look like you've been crying. They just, mm. they, they don't see with the same yeah. eyes that you yeah. have. And you just, you have to be willing to share. Yeah. You have to be willing to say, it's good. to say, you know what? I know you want to help me. Yeah. And I know you want to fix things because that's what you do. Yeah. But right now, I don't need that from you. What yeah. I need from you is to just listen. I don't need you to respond. I don't, I don't need any of that. I just yeah. need to talk. And yeah. you're the one person that I can talk to. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing is that yeah. you can't expect anyone to to really understand you have to to be willing to say wow look i appreciate your your words of kindness i appreciate all that but right now here's here's what i need from you and be willing to say it and and be okay that they might not like it but you need to do what's best for you yeah that's good and i think when we do that we actually are giving opportunity for growth in our relationships and sometimes when we don't i think we leave space and gaps that could just easily be filled by that Mm -hmm. by just doing what is best and communicating what we need because um, yeah no one's a mind reader and also like even if you ask someone to take out the trash when I asked Jason the timing of that looks different yes, the, the, <laughs> yes. we have different perspectives on how full the trash can is yes. I tend to let it go way too full but we're different yeah. like we're we're literally looking at life differently mm-hmm. and I think that's really wise like we have to be willing to be vulnerable, but we can't get stuck in this thing of like, I shouldn't have to tell them. Yes. Or um, I this one really irritates me is like, well, if I'm the victim, I shouldn't have to also then. If I'm the victim of infertility and childlessness, if, and if you're, I think the difference is what's your mentality about where your life is. If your mentality is that you're a victim or that this is happening to you and it freaking sucks everyone knows on this because I'm probably gonna get like some lovely texts from saying what I just did but the reality is we can face anything in our life as a victim or someone who's walking through something mm-hmm. and that's very different perspectives mm-hmm. and so I think when we come at our relationships are we coming at them from a victim mentality or are we coming at it from we're walking through something because uh-huh. then we approach people very differently Mm -hmm. and maybe we don't even realize maybe it's not I mean no one should walk through infertility no one should have to go through miscarriages no one should have to go through still stillbirths like it's the most yuck of the yuck that you could ever go through but I think what happens is we can tend to get mindsets that trip us up and that's what I mean by victim mentality and we don't even realize it Mm -hmm. so what's happening is devastating but our mindset is huge in that. And I think that's one thing that I do admire about you is that your mindset, as hard as life may have gotten at some point, you've brought yourself to the place that you need to be. And maybe not perfectly, right? Because none of us are. But there's a beauty about how you tend to bring yourself into perspective. But what I like about what you're saying right now is you're also bringing the people that you love into that perspective. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you are feeling a little victim and you just need to say it. Maybe you're 
doing awesome and you're ready to take on whatever's happening and you're like Steve I'm ready I'm good like let's do this hard thing that we might be doing but or maybe it's times where it's like this is this sucks Mm -hmm. so thank you for sharing that because I think I think we've got to take some expectations off people yes and then also let them know they can take it off themselves Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um how do you feel like so going back to the second part of like how do you feel like you've been able to navigate those questions, those weird, awkward comments that people make, and what's kind of been your approach to that? Because I think that's something that this community is always navigating. Mm -hmm. And you and I are going to navigate that probably for the rest of our lives, right? You're almost 50. I just turned, I'm in my 40s. So it's like, we're going to be asked that because we don't have kids and society tells us we Mm -hmm. should. So how do you navigate those weird, just awkward comments? I think... Part of how I approach it has to do with my age. I mean, if 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 I'm talking to someone who's you know in their early thirties and, and dealing with infertility, I can understand yeah. that it's a lot more painful. Yeah, it's very um, different. Um, yeah. but for me, I deal a lot of a lot. I deal with it a lot with humor, and it's mm. and it's just. It, it and it also depends on on how I'm feeling yeah. and how emotional I'm feeling yeah. about things and but you know if someone says well how come you know do you not want to be a mom and yeah. I'll say well I can be your mom yeah you know it's like I I joke about that with yeah. a lot of people I'm like yeah. I'm old enough to be your mom so yeah. I'm just gonna mother you yeah. and and that kind of thing but it it, it kind of depends on yeah. on the situation but yeah. if there's time and and people are. It's not just a flippant question. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to tell my story and, yeah. and talk about what, what I've gone through. But That's good. That makes sense. I think um, knowing your season yes. and like where you are in your own story and journey, if it's a painful time, that's okay. You don't even got to answer it, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like I think, I think that's going back to what you were saying and knowing what's best for you is mm-hmm. even just saying like, hey, I don't really want to answer that. Absolutely. Or there's seasons where you're you're like, well, actually, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, hey, you know what? It just didn't work out for us. Mm-hmm. Jason and I have a phrase that we've said for the last few years, even before you know my hysterectomy and we came to that like final decision. Um, we were just like, hey, you know what? It's not been part of our story yet. That's right. And so that just kind of helped us a little bit mm-hmm. of like knowing what to say. So like. Have a phrase, like have a catchphrase, yes. like what you're saying, you know. Of it's just not in my cards, it's that's not, what I say. Yeah, it's it's not, you know, it's not a path that we were able to to mm-hmm. have. And for us, like now, I think we're kind of in the middle of figuring out what our new phrase is because we're not pursuing it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we used to say like, oh, we haven't had kids yet, but we have fun trying. You know, like that was our other phrase. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't have kids, but we love. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like I think we've got to find our new one where we are in this season. But I agree with that. I think it's knowing where you are mm-hmm. and being okay with that, so that when your response comes, it doesn't have to come from that place of even if you are in a place of pain in it, um, or even a place of being comfortable in your season. It doesn't have a, have to come from a place of. Um, bitterness or um harshness to the other person I do think it's okay to educate people of like hey you know what that can be like a really awkward question for someone like me you know and and helping them see that like just don't go around asking every woman like why you don't have kids it's just a dumb question 
And well, I don't know why. Every, and not everyone knows that it's a dumb question. It's, they don't. It's that educating of, yes. you know, they, they're, not, they're not putting themselves in your shoes and no. they're asking these blunt questions. Yeah. And it's okay to say yeah. those, you know, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Or yeah. it's okay to say, you know, I don't want to talk about it. You That's can, good. you can, yeah, do that. It's, and all of that is okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think this is really practical, but I also think it can be some of the biggest things that we face in our stories. Um, so as we kind of wrap up, I just want to know, like, what would be something that you really want to share today that we haven't like, cause I know we've talked about a lot of different things that we've navigated as you've shared, but like, is there anything you would want to share about your story that you think would just help someone as they're listening? I think, you know, and I've kind of already said it, but I think the, the big thing in life is, you know, being honest with yourself mm-hmm. and being able to really be introspective mm-hmm. and understand your feelings and what's yeah. going on with your body and your yeah. mind and thinking about societal pressures and mm-hmm. what your life should be or should look like. It's not, most of the time, it's not ever going to look like that yeah. and, and that you have to be okay with it. But more importantly, leaning into what's happening in your life, good or bad. I like that. And embracing it and just kind of, going with it and it doesn't mean that you have to be complacent it doesn't mean that you have to be passive but just leaning into it and 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 milking the positivity that is happening because no matter how bad it is no matter how much it hurts physically mentally there are good things there are silver linings and all of it and you just have to look for it and 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 be thankful for it yeah you have to be thankful for the bad and the good yeah i think that's Man, that's a good point because I contend, I, and part of what I was talking about with my counselor yesterday about that big old ball of four-year grief was that I feel like I've just become this person that can't always see the positive. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be false positive, right? Like, I don't want to be this, like, person who walks around like rainbows and roses yes. and life is shit. Like, I just, that's not real. Mm-hmm. However, what I really appreciate about what you just said, even for my own life and my current, like... <laughs> self-examining um is that there there are things in life that we experience that can be devastating to a point you can't even describe it but in that I think there is things around us that it is how we actually survive it Mm -hmm. and instead of looking at that positive um, influential, um, life-saving sometimes, whether that's a relationship Mm -hmm. or a perspective, like seeing what has actually helped us survive it. That is the positive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's real easy to miss that. It's easy to miss. And these are like little silly examples for the depth of what you just said, but I'm going to break it down to, it can be that deep, but it can also be like, you know, I'm in the worst place I've been physically and Jason's had to take care of me and I've had surgery or whatever, you know, um, the scenario might be. We've had a miscarriage. We're both devastated. We don't know how to talk about it. Whatever the scenario might be. Things like, hey, let's go get a drink from Sonic at happy hour. That might seem like the dumbest thing, but honestly, that is the positive. That's getting in the car, sitting with your love, going and getting a drink, 
I like vanilla cream Dr. Pepper, so does he. Or I like chocolate Coke from Sonic. It's really good. Chocolate Coke. Chocolate or cream chocolate cream Coke. So it's Coke, chocolate, and cream. It's real sweet. You you can't have them often, but they're so good. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like or or it's you know, where we are right now, when it comes up, when the grief came up, you know, last week for me, it was sitting out at the pool. Like, Jason's like, let's just go sit by the pool. We didn't really talk about anything. I listened to the water. It was nice outside. And we just sat. There's positive that can be brought into any moment of devastation, of hurt, of grief, of trauma, of sadness. And I just think we have to give ourselves the ability to say yes to it. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate you saying that because I do feel like we can get caught up, especially when life's in the seasons where it's like rolling pain, I call it, Mm -hmm. where it just keeps rolling. It just keeps on coming. Um, So thank you for that because I I do feel there is positive things that we can embrace in our lives, even in the worst seasons Mm -hmm. that we're going through. And a lot of times that's with the people that we love the most. But then sometimes it's like just... Going and having happy hour by yourself. Yeah. Jason doesn't like alcohol, so it's me just going up and having a margarita by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what I mean? Like, I just think that's a beautiful perspective, and I thank you for sharing that. If you could say one thing to women who are in our season, you know, I have a lot of listeners that are in the middle of IVF, in the middle of infertility treatments and that. And I think we've given them some great tools of walking through hard things today. But I really want to speak to the women that are like in their 40s, 50s. They're not having children. They haven't had children. But they really want to do something with their life. They want to be successful. Mm -hmm. They want to feel like they can step out and be a boss babe. Mm -hmm. And you have done that brilliantly. And I know you've, you've shared like it was hard. You weren't sure how to start this business. And you're stepping out of the things that you've known but like, what would you say to those women? How would you encourage them? I think fear can be paralyzing mm-hmm. and you have to really, wow. you have to jump and yeah. you have to have faith that, you know, even if you fall, even mm-hmm. if you stumble and there's difficulties along the way, you're gonna, if you're doing what you love and what you care about, then it, it you'll, you're gonna find fulfillment in it and just take the leap and just do it and go, go head first mm-hmm. and, and really give it your all. And it's good. But finding that thing that you love and pat you're passionate about is sometimes a very difficult thing. It's its, its own itself. thing, yes, right? Oh is. man, that's a whole nother podcast, right? <laughs> that's like right. that's real. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But just, just, just go for it yeah. and, and don't be afraid. That's good. It's, you know, I know for me, it's something that I have to work on every day. And you just, I, I get when I have to make, I'm bad at making decisions. So mm-hmm. especially I, I look at the mountain and, mm-hmm. and when I look at the mountain, I don't, I stop and like I don't you pause. do it. I, well, yeah. more than pause. I yeah. just, I, yeah. I, I don't do anything. You I'm freeze. Like, I can't, you freak out. I can't do anything because there's yeah. this mountain in front of me and you just have to, you have wow. to take things one at a time Yeah. and prioritize just like, yeah. you know, That's your good. counsel was yeah. talking about fear. I think just yeah. in life prioritizing is huge and yeah. and not even just of your to-do list but you're not yeah. to-do list yeah because you I get distracted I have lots wow. of squirrels in my head and if you make a list of okay I'm not gonna do this yeah it's a reminder of of how not to get tripped up wow man that was like 
Really? That could be its own podcast. <laughs> like, that is good stuff. Yeah. Like, fear is crippling. And yes. I think that applies to anyone listening, what you just said. But I hope that women, like I said, I hope women in our season of life are really leaning in and taking heed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think all of us, no matter what phase you're in, no matter what barrenness you're facing in your life, um, it can stir up a lot of fear. And it is paralyzing and it's scary and it's um, debilitating sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it is acknowledging that, I think, is one of the main things. That's huge. Like for me, like if I can just say it. um, Nobody wants to say they're scared. No, Mm -hmm. none of us do. But these kind of topics, you know, walking through infertility, choosing to to step into a child-free life or a childless life, not by choice like man like there's there's a lot to be scared of Mm -hmm. there's a whole I mean the hard conversations that you referenced earlier that you and Steve had and that Jason I've had I mean talk about being scared like that's the scariest moments I've ever had in my life Mm -hmm. it was not just being I mean I was scared shitless being in Hawaii a few weeks ago on the zip line I'm not gonna lie (laughs) uh completely freaking out um but that fear is different. Mm-hmm. And if we can recognize it and step, take a step, like you said, just, I think you said take a jump. I'm like, can we just step, Sharice? <laughs> like, do we got to jump? But yes, sometimes you do have to jump. Um, yeah, I just think that's really empowering. And I hope that people are taking in and taking stock of where they might be paralyzed right now from fear. Um, well, and yeah. I think us as women... We tend to, we have, not everyone, but we have that instinct of we're taking care of everybody else. Yeah. And we tend to forget about ourselves. And yeah. I think that especially in in this time of my life and you're, you know, at, at our age, that you, it's okay to be focused on yourself. Yeah. And, and not just our age, at any age. It's, yes. It's important to take care of yourself and to focus on yourself, but it's okay to stop and say, this is what I want. Mm. And and not only saying this is what I want to be able to say to your partner, mm. I need your support because mm. this is this is my dream. This is what I want to yeah. do. And yeah. and just it's okay. It's yeah. okay to focus on yourself yeah. more than someone else. Yeah. Well, I think when we do that, which FYI you just like preached a sermon to me, and I should probably be taking notes at the <laughs> moment. Um, I think when we do that, we actually better the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because most likely, like, that person's had to do that with you as well, mm-hmm. right? Like, I know Jason Jason and I both are always like, what do you need? Because if you don't ask that question and the person doesn't have the opportunity to tell, or even if you're not asked, like, if you don't step out and tell what's needed, there is a rift that is created and a lot of times space is allowed in that rift and then it just becomes this space Mm -hmm. and it's not tended to and then what happens is we're resentful and we blame and then we lose Mm -hmm. and I just I hope oh man I I do hope that especially women are listening because I do think we tend to not step into that lane Mm -hmm. of of saying what's needed I know I don't Jason's always asking me what do you need I want to give you what you need I want to support what you need and I'm like, well, freaking crap. I don't even know what that is. That's the huge thing is is knowing what you need. It is. It's really looking at yourself and saying, yeah. I need this. Yeah. 
And I love that you're encouraging people that in, in their dreams, in their hard conversations, like what do you need? in Because that's been a theme. I don't know if you've caught that. Mm-hmm. But that's been a theme of what mm-hmm. you've said today. Mm-hmm. Of like, what do you need when you're deciding if you want to be a mom? Mm-hmm. What do you need when you're having the conversation about all the options that you can have to become a mom? What do you need when you're making the decision to not become a mom? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a theme that I really hear in what you've shared today. But with that, always also so many like little nuggets of how to make the little leap to say what you need, to know, first to discover it. I think that's something that you really have taught us throughout this conversation is like how you discovered what you needed. But then now, how do we then communicate that to Mm -hmm. others? So I think that's really been like a cool theme throughout today that I actually wasn't even expecting, but I love it. Um, And I hope the listeners were able to navigate that with us because it doesn't matter what our seasons are, even what the topic is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's something that is universal and anyone needs to be able to navigate that mm-hmm. very thing. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Like, Absolutely. thank you for sharing your story. Yes. Um, I think, you know, I have my tattoo says every story matters. And I really believe that deep in my heart. Like, I think we become better people when we learn each other's stories. And so I had like a snippet before and now just hearing this, it's it makes me admire and appreciate even more and excited that you came today because, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just think if we can learn from each other's story and that's what this, you know, that's what this is about. Like, let's learn from each other. So when, when it is hard, we don't have to feel like we're alone in that. Mm-hmm. So Well, and what you're doing is, is a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, when you, you're finding that space of, Okay, I, I'm not going to be a mother. So mm-hmm. what am what am I? What yeah. am I if I'm what not a mother? I? Yeah. And I think what you're doing, you know, no matter how many listeners there are, yeah, that you even even touching one life, mm-hmm. even making a difference in in one person is a, is a yeah. beautiful thing. And Thank you. and the fact that you're you're doing that and and bringing a community of people mm-hmm. together to share, yeah. I think we get in our our. We, you know, we put our blinders on and we're all in our own little zone yes. of our own little life. And yeah. again, not just in photography, but in life, connection yeah. is everything. And, and yeah. you're, you're, you are very much um, cultivating mm. that with, with everyone. I beautiful. hope so. I hope so. I, I really do. I, I desire to see um, that very thing happen. And if my life and my crazy journey and story can help that Mm -hmm. then so be it so thank you again for being here for having me and i feel like we just have like five other conversations (laughs) out of what we talked about which we might um but thank you all for listening today thank you for coming along and hearing sharice's story and being willing to like self-reflect and know where you are so that you know when you need to um figure out what it is you want and how to communicate it and i hope that Um, As you've listened today, you feel empowered to do just that. Take some time to discover what you need, what you want, and how you can communicate it to those who love you most. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.